Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All righty, hour number three of our radio program. I have a uh, order that I'm going to give to the listening audience. We need more rats around here. There's enough rats, trust me, when I'm trying to take the subway in New York City. And they're starting to infiltrate the platforms, which is actually gross. Like, usually the rats just stay in the tracks of the subway. When I start to see them on the platform now, where I walk, very disgusting. Uh, Even though it's really cold in New York City, I will walk home tonight out of fear of the rats. But I'm going to be sprinkling some cheese around CBS Sports Radio into our listening audience. We need some more rats. We need people when David Shepard opens his fat mouth. Well, actually, he's a skinny fella. But when he opens his mouth about me, I need that information fed on back. And we need to know what that information is. Bart Winkler joined us on Winkler Wednesdays, obviously. Most Wednesdays right here on CBS Sports Radio at 4.40 p.m. Eastern and Winkler, uh, Bart, my guy, does a uh, great job weeknights on CBS Sports Radio, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. But his producer, David Shepard, been a little bit much of a chatterbox these days talking about me in person. Oh, I love you, Zach. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I absolutely love you. Can I fill in your show one day? But then Shep, uh, I guess, is running his mouth about me. Now, I don't know what's said, but there used to be a, a time around here. When there would be a show in the morning, the DA show, which, you know, I'm a big fan of DA and, and all those guys and wish nothing but the best at series. But when they would talk smack about me, it would be fed back to me. We got to start that back up again. Where when people are saying things about your boy, because I can't listen to everything. I got to be informed. I got to be know what's being said. And if we got to start a war, we will start a war. And let me tell you, I will have Carlos Ortiz, Samter, Stu. Man, we got to beef up that squad a little bit. We'll be calling up Gallo and Big Zoo. We'll be calling up all the hog mollies around here. And we will start a war with David Shepard if this is the road that he wants to go and travel down. All right? I need to know what the heck Shep was saying about me. Because Bart just kind of threw that out there. You know, oh, Shep did say something about you the other night. And then... You know, I'm texting with Bart right now. I go, I'm just wondering. I won't be mad. I'm just curious. I want to see if the shot was even worth bringing up. Like, I'm fine with making the shot that he took about me uh, into some content and having some fun about it. But I want to see, like, how hard is Shep swinging? You know, is he just, like, at the the dish and they know that they could throw him a little uh, easy pitch, a little folly floater? And he'll fall, uh, you know, flat on his face and won't be able to hit it. Or is he taking like a shot that's down the line and it's a double and he's standing on second base? I just want to hear how big of a shot it was. Bart claims to me 
It was something so innocent he doesn't even remember. And I'm not sensitive. Like, I got thick skin. All right? I could put my big boy pants on. You could uh, make fun of me. And we could have some fun back. But I am always a believer if you're going to take a shot at someone, you should at least inform that person that you take a uh, shot at them. Like when Mraz was here. Before Mraz moved down the hall and now we like act like Mraz is dead. <laughs> he got a promotion <laughs> and he's down the hall. Mraz would always tell me, hey, I took a shot at you this morning. I would fire back, hey, I took a shot at you at night. And there was like a healthy relationship of taking shots at one another. Because ultimately, we're all friendly-ish around here. Like, I'm not saying, like, I've had beers before with Carlos Ortiz. I've had drinks before uh, with Stu. I'm not saying that everyone loves each other around here. But I don't think that's the worst thing in the world if uh, people are uh, throwing some shots at one another. And having some fun at the expense of others. But, you know, I at least like the common courtesy. You know, doing afternoons here now on CBS Sports Radio. When David Shepard takes a shot at me, I would at least like to know what the heck David Shepard said. All right? So, Shep, I'm sure it wasn't a football take. I'm sure it was only a basketball take. But I would just like to know what the heck that you said. You got it? I want to know what Shep said. That's all I ask for. All right, Dave Shepard here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, I'm going to say Bill Belichick sucks. Even though Bill Belichick is like the greatest coach of all time, I'm going to say Bill Belichick is, uh, you know, he, he, he doesn't know anything. He, he, he couldn't hold uh, Phil Jackson's uh, jock. He, he couldn't hold his jock strap, okay? All right? All right? Hey, Bart, how do, how, how do you like that, Bart? You, you think that's good take? You think you get get Gelb to react to that? Okay, okay, okay. All right, I'm David Shepard. Uh, I'm here. Uh, it's the Good Shepherd on uh, CBS Sports Radio, and uh, I'm gonna tell you how uh, Pedro Storyakovich is the uh, greatest three-point shooter of all time, and uh, how uh, Bill Russell is, uh, you know, an absolute legend. And and I love Bill Russell, even though I wasn't even alive when Bill Russell played. But I'll pretend to know everything about Bill Russell, and uh, I'll tell you that I am the uh, preeminent basketball uh, authoritative voice here at uh, CBS Sports Radio. Okay? They call me the Good Shepherd. I'm going to go get some shepherd's pie, all right? And uh, then I'm going to give everyone a lecture um, about how David Blatt uh, should have never got fired as the head coach of the, uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then I'll uh, get on Gelb's show like I did two years ago and say that LeBron James isn't a top five player of all time. All right, give me a call, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And then let me tell you about my friend uh, Peter Schwartz. You know, I'll, I'll go take a bunch of shots at Peter Schwartz at this uh, thing called Bob's Bar. Where, you know, I'll take shots at shows all the time, but then when I go there, I'll go hug them and uh, kiss their asses, all right? All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, then let me tell you about uh, Jason Kidd and uh, all the triple-doubles that he had in his career. All right, it's uh, David Shepard. Good Shepard right here on, uh, on CBS Sports Radio. Man, I think I just opened the Pandora's box. <laughs> I wish you could see Carlos Ortiz and still. <laughs> I think we have to get Carlos a bib. Because Carlos <laughs> is wearing a very nice shirt. I will say this. I think Carlos is wearing a shirt. What is that? Supposed to show like Greece? Is, is that what it is? Yeah, it's a landscape of some town I can't pronounce in Greece. You sit very low, by the way. All right, there's a reason for that. I don't want to block Stu's progress to oh. monitors. And just in case, you know, <laughs> listen, if an op runs into a door... I don't want to be hanging my feet off <laughs> like 
I'm sitting at an Applebee's with a booster seat. I like to touch the ground. If a so what can, walks through? Yeah, an op. And the opposition. Oh, you know, okay. If an op runs through the door, <laughs> I want to be able to bang, hit him with that uppercut, feet firmly Bam! planted from the ground. I have momentum. You know, a low center of gravity. If I'm sitting high up here, <laughs> then I have to, like, airborne down <laughs> and, like, defend myself. I hate the toss their chairs. Okay. Chef's probably like, did Kelp just say uh, Pang? You know who else says Pang? The legendary uh, Mike Breen. And then, uh, you know, you know who says yes? From downtown! Yes! That, of course, is uh, Marv Albert. I know Marv Albert very well, uh, just as well as uh, Bob Costas, who's a broadcasting legend, who I did a 47-minute interview with and aired it for three hours on CBS Sports Radio. But it was only 47 minutes, but I found a way to air it for three hours. Because I have all the formula, and I am David Shepard. But um, anyway, uh, what I was about to say to Carlos, can, can you not get mad at me when I say this? And I, I think this is big guy to big guy. Like, if a little shrimp said this, I would be, like, if Jack Stern said this, I, I think you would be annoyed. But you being a bigger fella, and I'm being a bigger fella, I thought you were sitting that low because those, like, high-rising chairs sometimes in the studio, when a larger fellow sits in them, since they're not the greatest chairs in the world, they just slowly sink. That's, that's what something I that's happened to me, and it's not a <laughs> flattering chair. You know, listen, if I'm going to be <laughs> screenshotted at all, just, you know, chest up. From the chest up, I'm fit. The chest below is where is the problem. Yeah. You know what's going to be funny? When we hear the Shep shot at me, and it's, like, just such an innocent, innocuous Seemingly shot. Innocuous. <laughs> it, like, he probably is like, oh, I'm not like Gelb who just t- gets on entertainment tonight or something like that. Like, it's probably going to be, like, more of a compliment than a <laughs> Backhanded one, if anything. <laughs> and I just threw so much gasoline on that fire. <laughs> I saw the fire, and it was, like, about to be put out. And then I just said, screw it, F it. Who needs oxygen when you have kerosene? <laughs> I just basically just lit a cigarette, and I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, right next to the person that was filling up gas. And Chef was just <laughs> trying to fill up his car with some gas and get that little engine running. Ay, ay, ay. All righty. That was a fun 10 minutes. That put a smile on my face. It really did. Now I want to get into the Chicago Bears. So Brian Erlacher joined us last week. And he said, after three years, if you don't know if the quarterback is the guy, you probably have to move on. And I do think there's an argument, and I have made that argument for the Chicago Bears to keep Justin Fields and how you could utilize all your resources and all your assets to put Justin Fields in the best environment possible. But the more and more I think about this, I try to separate what I think should happen and what will happen. Like I could get on the radio some days and say X, Y, and Z should happen. But then when you think about the team, what I think isn't always necessarily what the team is going to do. So even though I can make the argument, I've made the argument, you know, get Marvin Harrison Jr. Trade down to the second or third pick, get some future uh, assets as well. Use your other first round pick to get another playmaker Like, I've made that case now until we're blue in the face about the Bears keeping Justin Fields. But then I read one report that when they were interviewing offensive coordinators and they eventually settled on Shane Waldron, like they were talking about Caleb Williams in those interviews. And just the way that they talk about Justin Fields, I don't find it genuine. And I don't think that Fields is going to be there next year. And Fields played well down the stretch where you could probably get a second-round pick. 
for Justin Fields? Maybe some conditions? Can you get a first-round pick? That I don't know. Um, But I do think that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields, and they will draft Caleb Williams. Now, we'll get to some Fields destinations in just a second, but I have to ask Stu a question here, and also Carlos a question. So our Erlacher interview made the rounds on Friday. Then shortly after our Erlacher interview made the rounds, where he's saying trade Justin Fields, did any of you guys uh, uh, happen to catch what the Chicago Bears tweeted out? They tweeted out, did you see that, Stu? Yes. It was like a highlight, like, compilation of fields. Of fields. It was very similar to when the Cardinals, we all knew they were moving on from Josh Rosen, and they were like, he's our guy. That's our QB1. And, like, I don't want to think that our video did that, but we were in the news a lot last week. The Flacco thing did nearly a million views. Um, We were on Entertainment Tonight when Drew Tranquil said uh, that he thinks that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey uh, may be in love. You know, the Erlacher thing made the rounds, but it wasn't as big of a deal as the other two things. But a lot of people wrote and talk about what Erlacher said. And I did not know, by the way, that when we were doing the interview, Erlacher was wearing a Trump hat, which... You know, your politics are your politics. I'm not going to get into politics, but I'm doing the Zoom interview. And just to let people know, when someone's on Zoom, there's a little camera off to the right that I could see. Sometimes they enlarge the person on the screen. Other times it's me with the person into the corner. That day, Erlacher was in a little box in the right upper corner of the screen. Until this thing blew up, I had no clue he was wearing a Trump hat in the interview. I didn't know. So that sent my mentions, not only with the Erlacher talking about moving on from fields and drafting Caleb Williams, those mentions were crazy to begin with. And then I started getting all these tweets about Trump, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on out here? And someone pointed out to me that in the interview that we did, he was wearing a Trump hat. But the Bears putting out a video trying to hype up Justin Fields after one of their franchise legends said to trade the guy. I think that was a direct response from the Bears off of what Brian Urlacher said. But still, I don't think it adds up to the genuine belief that Justin Fields is going to be back as their quarterback next year because I do think they're going to draft Caleb Williams. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll give you some Justin Fields destinations coming up later in the show. But we got to take a break. When we come on back, former NFL linebacker, three-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro, Chad Brown is going to join us. He's a former Seattle Seahawk, played for a bunch of other teams as well, the Steelers and the Patriots. Um, But the Seahawks have a new coach, Mike McDonald. So we'll get uh, Chad Brown's thoughts on that and many other things as we inch closer and closer to Super Bowl. And just a reminder, we will be live on Radio Row next week. Um, broadcasting Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, noon to 3 p.m. Pacific. And Samter and Stu are doing a heck of a job here. Heck of a job getting set for Radio Road. Just big guest after big guest after big guest. Uh, So we're going to have a lot of fun next week in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! I got to work on my singing voice. Uh, I I think I've just murdered uh, Carlos Ortiz's ears, quite frankly. All right, we're coming on back. Chad Brown joins us next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All righty, welcome back in. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast-to-coast on CBS Sports Radio. We'll head out to the guest line right now. The Seattle Seahawks have a new head football coach, Mike McDonald, who is the D.C. or was the D.C. of the Baltimore Ravens. Now will be the new head football coach of the Seahawks. And we welcome in a former NFL linebacker, was a three-time Pro Bowler, a two-time first-team All-Pro, played for the Steelers, the Seahawks, and the Patriots, and that's Chad Brown, kind enough to join us. Chad, always appreciate you jumping on board. Thanks so much for doing this. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Let me uh, get your instant reaction uh, McDonald's going to be the new head coach of the Seahawks. Pete Carroll, no longer the HC. Uh, your first thought was what with Mike McDonald? Wow. They flipped the script com- incredibly. They went from the oldest coach in the league to now the youngest coach in the league. Um, you know, the, it, it's. I think if you're an owner, trying to balance out the experience versus youth factor. Obviously, the younger the coach is, the more connected he can be to the players most likely. Um, versus, you know, the experienced coach who's going to have seen it all, but may not be able, may not be as relatable to the players. In Seattle, they got a guy who was both. Pete Carroll has been through many wars, ups and downs, battles, success, lots of different places, lots of different ways. But Pete Carroll was about as connected to his players as any coach I've ever been around. I did a coaching internship out there in Seattle the year after they lost that Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. And it was an amazing experience to do the entire preseason program with them as a coaching intern and Pete had created the most player friendly, the most positive environment I had ever been around, not just as a coach, but in any professional setting I had ever been around. So now Mike McDonald's got a very tough situation in front of him trying to replicate that culture in some ways. I think his experience, his success from an X's and O's standpoint seems pretty clear, whether it's university of Michigan or in Baltimore, 
but now he's got to prove himself as the head coach, the leader of an entire organization. I think something you brought up was pretty big, and it's a credit to Pete Carroll that he was able to realize that years and years before many other coaches is the player-coach kind of mentality now. Because I don't think a my way or the highway coach works anymore in the NFL, but there's a fine line, as you've seen. you got to be a player's coach, but you can't be a doormat. And I think Pete did that better in Seattle than pretty much anybody where he was a player's coach, but ultimately had the great respect of those players in the locker room. Yes, I think it's a difficult combination when you're asking to be a player's coach, but yet still be demanding and try to pull the best out of everyone because not everyone shows up and gives their best. A lot of people, that needs to be pulled out. You have to extract that from people. And it takes a tough-minded coach, which Pete certainly was, to do that and demand that every single day, yet and still keep the atmosphere very positive. The Seahawks had a DJ at practice every day during training camp which makes you think it's going to be some very loose, you know, laissez-faire kind of thing. Yet and still, there were some of the more physical practices I had ever been around as an interim coach. So how you do that, uh, I think, takes a very special person to pull it out. Pete was clearly that guy. We'll see if Mike is able to replicate that. The, the, uh, there's a lot of surprising moves from this hiring cycle. Like Pete's not going to have a head coaching job next year. Bill Belichick's not going to have a coaching job and when you look at Seattle, I never thought they'd be players for Belichick because you were just moving on from an older coach. I didn't think you are going to bring in another older coach. But I look at a guy like Mike Rabel, I thought that would have been the ideal hire for the Seattle Seahawks because he has that mix of, yes, being a defensive-minded coach, could be a player's coach, but isn't a doormat, and also being that former player and being a younger guy, I thought it would have been the best of all worlds for the Seahawks. I know you know, Mike, but how about that idea? Well, for Mike, for Pete, and for Bill Belichick, I thought all three of those guys would find homes pretty quickly considering how experienced they are, how much success they, they, they have had, and who they are as, as people. Um, their ability to you know, navigate the difficulties of building a culture, their ability to uh, you know, bring players together and bring the best out of people kind of thing. All three of those guys, I think, have done that and shown that in their careers. So it's interesting that all three are going to be not the least seemingly at this point. I know the commanders still have to hire to go, but doesn't make us go in those three guys' direction. Won't be a part of an NFL uh, coaching room this year. Uh, Mike, certainly the younger of those three guys. And to your point, yes, I played with Mike. He was a coach back then when I was a New England Patriot. He was definitely the smartest guy in the room outside of Bill Belichick. But that's actually, I think, one of the reasons why he hasn't necessarily been hired just yet, because Mike does wear that smartest guy on the room thing um, when he walks into a room and he meets people. Um, my uncle literally had a 10 second conversation with Mike Vrabel. When we both were Patriots. And when Mike walked away, my uncle said, he's the smartest guy in the room. huh?" I said, yeah, <laughs> he is. Which, is, which is great because he is the smartest guy in the room. But I don't think everybody needs to know that all the time, every time. So uh, maybe that rubs some of the ownership groups the wrong way. I don't know. But if you hire Mike Vrabel, you're going to get a, an amazingly minded head coach who is incredibly smart, who knows the X's and O's, who can relate to players. Um, so whoever hires him is going to get a, you know get a winner in that head coaching position. Talking to Chad Brown right now. Do you think Belichick will coach again? Do you think he'll be a head coach again in the NFL? I certainly hope so. I think he's still got his fireball. Now, I, the thing with older coaches is excuse me is i don't believe they lose their 
ability to stay up with football. They don't lose their ability to relate to the current X's and O's and whatever the play of the year is. You know, a couple of years ago it was the jet sweep and it was the zone read the quarterback. Every year there's some kind of new play that defenses have to figure out and crack. So I don't think Bill Belichick is ever going to not be able to pull that off. But every year you get older and every year the players in the room stay the same age. And I've been around older coaches who have lost their ability to relate to players, have lost their ability to connect to players. And Bill is certainly kind of old school with his approach. And you talked earlier about, you know, that approach doesn't really work so much in today's college football environments and definitely not in the NFL either. So can can Bill bend his approach a little bit to meet today's players and still be relatable? Because I think that's the biggest, biggest hurdle for him from a locker room standpoint. I think from an ownership standpoint, is Bill going to be willing to give up control? Those are two things that certainly worked against him, I think, in this hiring cycle. Talking to Chad Brown right now, I, I also will make a prediction. I just heard that uh, Jerry Jones was already talking about Bill Belichick and how they think they could work well together. That seems like it's him rolling out the red carpet when the Cowboys choke again in the playoffs and McCarthy's on the final year of his deal this year to just go make the jump next year for Bill Belichick. I thought that was a possibility this year. And even after Same. the Buffalo Bills lost, I thought that was a possibility as well because Bill has already shown, shown a number of times, as evidenced by the Lombardi trophies occupying the trophy case out there in New England, that he knows how to take a team all the way to the end. So for Mike McCarthy, for Sean McDermott, they've made those teams into what they are, very, very good football teams. Well, for whatever reason, they're unable to get over the hump. Well, here's a guy who's available was proven he can get over the hump. And for both those teams, they are still in a smaller Super Bowl window with Dak Prescott in Dallas, with Josh Allen in Buffalo. So here's a guy who's probably not going to do it for 10 more years. You'd be lucky if you got three or even four years out of Bill Belichick. So why not jump on him now and get those teams over the hump while they still have these players under contract and while they're still in that Super Bowl window? So maybe that can's kicked down the road till next year, but I don't think any football fans should think that that's not a strong possibility for the end of next season. Wrapping up with Chad Brown, is it just as simple as this with Seattle's decision to move on from Pete Carroll as the head coach? They never thought this team that he currently had in the next few years was going to be a Super Bowl contender and they could just stuck be stuck on being a, a fringe playoff team. So that's why they elected to reset. Is it just as simple as that when you look back at the decision? I, I think so. And if you've been around any NFL coach for a long period of time, their number of cliches don't grow as the years go along. They come in with their stockpile of cliches and then they stick with them. And so if a coach is in one place for a long period of time, everyone in the building has heard his stories and his cliches. And at some point it starts to wear out. Even a guy as positive as Pete, that starts to wear down. You know, I was in Pittsburgh for Bill Cowher's second season as the head coach. I also went back and played in year 14 of my career in his last season as a head coach. He was telling the same stories. He was doing the same things. And so at some point that begins to, you know, get old and get a little bit stale. So I think Pete's going to be a tremendous hire if he chooses to coach again some other place. But I think in Seattle, the message had worn a little bit thin and they needed some fresh blood to keep, keep that thing going. And also, to your point, a little bit of a rebuild needed to happen anyway. So why not do that with a young coach who may not be firing all cylinders in year one, but you're not really a deep playoff team in year one anyway. 
and then have him grow as a team grows. So year three and four, they can really be contenders. Since we're talking about coaches and you you bring up that right, you used to play for the Steelers. Uh, Mike Tomlin is someone that is a really good coach. They never finished below 500, but they haven't won a playoff game in Pittsburgh since 2016. Do you think his message is starting to wear thin a little bit and they maybe need to reset in that organization? Well, in that organization, they're incredibly patient. They've had three head coaches since 1969, which is absolutely amazing. There's some teams have had three coaches in the last five years. Yeah. So, or for the, the Panthers, the, the, three years. <laughs> right. True. The the track record of patience for the Rooney family is clear. It's established. So um, maybe that's going to happen here in the future. I know Coach Tomlin is looking forward to an extension this off season. We'll see how all that plays out. And maybe they're able to come to a meeting of the minds and say, hey, you know what? Three more years, that takes you to year 20. That's a great run, Mike. And then after that, we should probably start looking to move on. And maybe you should start looking to move on as well. Because the Rooney family are that kind of classy organization. I don't think they're going to do anything rash at the end of the season. It's going to be an extended conversation in the offseason where they both can meet together and decide the future of the Steelers. I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. I don't believe in Mason Rudolph. There's all this speculation, right? that the Bears are going to take Caleb Williams at one and then trade Justin Fields. Do you think the Steelers should get it on Justin Fields and try to trade for him? Well, first off, I think that'd be really smart for the Chicago Bears to do that. Uh, Justin Fields, there's still some question marks about him. Um, The fifth-year option is coming up, which would then guarantee $22 million in salary. So why not just get some draft picks back or some trade capital back when you move on from Justin Simmons and take Kelly Williams with the number one pick in the draft. That way you got contract stability, at least for the next four years. And possibly three if he lights it up, they can give him extension after that. But that gives you that stability at that position, that salary cap firm number when you don't have to worry about what we're going to do in this offseason. Now, for other teams like the Steelers who are in need of a quarterback, I think Justin Fields would fit them if they are willing to make their offense around him like the Baltimore Ravens had done with Lamar Jackson. Even the backup quarterback has to reflect that style of play because if you go with a more traditional pocket passer and he's behind Justin Fields, now suddenly if Justin gets nicked up, you got a pocket passer, your playbook is now very different and you're limited with the things you can do. So it's got to be a whole organizational buy-in if somebody wants to go with Justin Fields in my mind. Where do you think, by the way, Russell Wilson's playing next year, Chad Brown? Uh, I've heard you know rumors about the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, and I've also heard rumors about every team that needs a quarterback. And again, I think that's going to be one of those situations where the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the play caller all have to buy in on Russell Wilson. It didn't work out for Sean Payton and, and Russell Wilson because Sean Payton is the kind of guy who wants to stack plays as a play caller. And what I mean, he's going to call a play in the first quarter and then in the second quarter to set up something in the third quarter. But that home run play in the third quarter can't happen unless that play in the first quarter and second quarter are run correctly to set the defense up. Far too often, Sean Payton was calling a setup play, but then Russell Wilson would go schoolyard on it. So he was he was disarming Sean Payton of all his weapons and his ability to be a play caller and stack those plays. So whoever becomes the head coach of Russell Wilson this next season has got to understand that's the kind of guy you're going to get. And the play caller needs to know that as well. So their offense is going to have to be schemed in a way where they're not going to be crushingly disappointed that I've been working for three quarters to set up this play 
and now this guy bails out at the line of scrimmage or decides not to go to his first progression because the pass rush is giving him a little bit of pressure, as we saw too often with Russell Wilson this year in Denver. Last thing I'll ask you, Chad Brown, early feel, early thought on this Super Bowl between Kansas City and the 49ers. Uh, I always go for the champion. That's just my mindset because I know how hard it is to be champion. I know how hard it is to repeat as champion. Um, when every team on the schedule is gunning for you, when every team on the schedule has circled your team on the schedule and they do extra lifts that week and the coaches watch extra tape, that's where the Chiefs have been for a long period of time as evidenced by six consecutive AFC championship games. Now they find themselves in their second Super Bowl in a row. Um, I know the Niners are a good football team. I know they got a lot of weapons. But I think there's something to be said about the hearts and the mind of a champion that right now, I know it's pretty early, but right now I think that gives the Chiefs a little bit of an edge in what I think is going to be a very, very close ball game. You were a teammate of uh, Tom Brady. I know Mahomes is phenomenal. He's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But isn't it a little bit uh, too premature by some to say that he's already the greatest quarterback of all time? That is certainly premature. <laughs> It may be unfair to the Dan Marinos of the world and the Jim Kellys of the world, but we judge quarterbacks by how many Lombardi trophies they hoist. And Tom's obviously gotten way more than Patrick has. We'll see Patrick can give there. He's certainly on a, an amazing track. And I think as long as he and Andy Reid are together, the Chiefs team has to be considered a Super Bowl contender every single year. But yeah, pump your brakes if that's where you're at in that conversation. Give him some time to see if he can get there. He is Chad Brown. Chad, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for jumping on board with us. This is a blast. Thanks for having me on. There you go. Chad Brown joining us right here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We will take a timeout. When we come on back, we'll get to our Ask the Pros question of the day, and it actually has to do with Justin Fields' future. We'll get to that when we return. Update time. Here is the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. Hey, this is Howie. And this is Nick. From the Factory Factory Boys. Boys. And you're listening to the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And guess what? Zach is back. All right. He's live. He's nationwide on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Zach Gelb Show. (laughs) It's time to answer Ask the Pros question of the day. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, Will in Chicago says, Zach. Where do you think Justin Fields is going to land? You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag AskThePros. You could think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, the guys behind the uh, glass are asking me during the break. That's why we were laughing coming back from break on if I have any uh, good impressions outside of the Shep one that I uh, debuted today. I do a good Pharrell, and I love Scotty Pharrell. Shake it up, Pharrell on the bench here. Carver High Mafia, shake it up. So I, I do, you know, I don't think it's tough to do Pharrell's voice because it's just such an iconic, different voice, and Scott Pharrell is an absolute legend. Uh, one day, I will uh, debut my Mark Ryan impersonation. I, I love uh, Mark Ryan's energy on the weekend here on CBS Sports Radio, and he prepares his heart out, you could tell, for the shows that he does on the weekends. But 
I don't know why. It was one day when we used to ha- uh, there was a sponsorship. Um, I won't say the company, but there was a sponsorship at the top of the hour. And whenever I would do the, we're coming to you live, I thought to myself that I heard a little Mark, like Ryan and Marv Albert in my voice, which is a great compliment to Mark Ryan that I just put in the same sentence as uh, Marv Albert. I'm sure he'll love that. Uh, but whenever I did this one read, I had to not be as excited on the air when I did the read and have like my natural Zach Gelb energy. Because if I did that, I started to only hear Mark Ryan's voice. And then I just could never get off of it during that segment because that's just the way that my uh, my uh, my brain is just uh, spinning in the way that my brain works. But anyway, to get to uh, Will's question in Chicago, uh, Justin Fields, where do I think he will land? I'm kind of thinking the Vikings. You know, I'll do five destinations here. And I will go least likely to most likely. These would be the five teams that I think could be some serious juice. Number five is the Patriots. In all likelihood, I do think at number three, they're going to take Jaden Daniels. But let's say they want to take Marvin Harrison Jr. and trade a second or a third round pick for Justin Fields. And I originally wanted the Patriots to draft Justin Fields. You know, during the pandemic when they had the draft, uh, which (laughs) I love Adam Schefter, but he did not want that draft to, to happen. I remember that whole situation. I remember the company was big on putting out like these these videos during the pandemic. You know, just give us a, a quick take at home, things like that. And they go, who do you think the Patriots are going to draft? And I'm like, oh, I think they're going to trade up and get Justin Fields. So I'm okay on passing on a quarterback at three and taking Marvin Harrison Jr. because I think he's the best player in this draft and then trying the Justin Fields experiment for two years. In a number four, I would say it's the Seattle Seahawks. I know they just re-signed Geno Smith a year ago, and they gave him that extension. I don't think uh, Geno Smith is the long-term answer there. Justin Fields, I thought, was more failed. Now, he has to be better himself, but I thought he was more failed by Chicago than him failing the Bears. And you have a, 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 a roster in Seattle that has DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then also you uh, do have Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I don't know the contract situation for Tyler Lockett. Let me look it up real quickly. But it wouldn't shock me when you have JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you have DK Metcalf, and Lockett's in his 30s, if maybe they try to trade Tyler Lockett this offseason. So Lockett, who is a, a criminally underrated wide receiver, he's under contract for two more years. And now you're bringing a new coach in Mike McDonald. I'm not going to say that the Seahawks are rebuilding but I do think they're retooling. It would not shock me if at some point this offseason, when you already have DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a really good wide receiver. I know Seahawks fans may not like it, but I could see them getting something back and something of significance back for Tyler Lockett with two years remaining on that deal. And now would probably be the time to trade him rather than wait until he goes into the final year of his contract. But I do believe Fields could be a good fit for the Seattle Seahawks. And at number three. Here we go. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't like Kenny Pickett as a pro quarterback. I know people are happy with what Mason Rudolph did down the stretch. I've seen enough of Mason Rudolph. Um, you have Pickens. You have Deontay Johnson. Who I think are on the verge of wanting to kill one another. Because uh, only the quarterback could only find one of those guys. Because their quarterbacks aren't any good. You put Fields in that environment with Tomlin and that defense, 
Yeah, I would be on board with that. Because here's the problem with the Steelers. When their offense is humming, like when Big Ben was there, their defense wasn't good. When Big Ben's getting towards a later stage of his career and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown is no longer there, the defense was great. The offense stunk. The last few years, the defense has been good, but they haven't had enough on offense. You bring in Fields, he has a higher upside than Pickett. He has a higher upside than Mason Rudolph. I'd rather take the gamble, even if it means four-year deal, uh, uh, the fourth year of that rookie contract, and then giving him the fifth-year option, than waiting to see if this year Kenny Pickett will be the guy. Because I think it's more likely than not that Kenny Pickett won't be the guy than he will be the guy. In at number two, the Atlanta Falcons. Like, maybe the Falcons trade up in this draft, but I don't think the Bears moving off their pick. I don't think the Commanders are moving off the pick, and it's probably more unlikely that the Patriots are moving off the pick. So you're probably having quarterbacks one, two, three, boom, 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 Williams, May, Daniels, in the first three picks of the draft. So, like, you're the Falcons. You fall in love with the Michael Penix Jr., uh, Bo Nix, uh, J.J. McCarthy. All right. I think Fields is better than all three of those quarterbacks. And you have a team in Atlanta that's ready to win. Like, look at the NFC. The NFC has the Niners. Questions about the Eagles. Question about uh, the Cowboys. You know, we'll see if the Rams can get their magic back. They started to do that this year, but they're an older team with some youngsters. But their quarterback is older, even though he had an incredible season. Um, You know, Seattle is not ready to go. So you look at the NFC, the Lions, are, are, are you don't think you're going anywhere? But you have a weak NFC South. You have a defense that's young and really young in the secondary, but up and coming. And they made big strides this year, even though they lost their defensive coordinator because Ryan Nielsen ended up uh, going to the Jaguars in the coaching change with Arthur Smith getting let go. And on offense, you got B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Kyle Pitts, who wasn't used properly, and Drake London. You got pieces there in Atlanta. You just need a quarterback. You know, that could be a landing spot for Kirk Cousins. It could. Um, And it would not shock me if Kirk Cousins is there. But I could see a possibility of Fields getting traded to Atlanta. And there was a lot of speculation when Fields getting drafted that maybe the Falcons would have pulled the trigger on that. And then finally, the number one destination for Justin Fields, I think, would be Minnesota. I think a lot of people would say, oh, whoa, 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 what about Kirk Cousins? Well, Kirk's a free agent. They can't franchise tag him. And the more and more things that you're hearing is that Kirk is not going to be back in Minnesota. Now, there was this report that last year they did all they could to try to trade up and move up in the draft. And those reports are out there. I believe it was to get Anthony Richardson. Um, So maybe they'll try to trade up again. But if they get shut out and you say, okay, we're not going to bring back Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields with Kevin O'Connell with Justin Jefferson, with um, Jordan Addison. That's a pretty damn uh, good combination. Also, Justin Fields will be playing in a dome. So, good environment for, for Justin Fields. So, those are the destinations. Pats 5, Seahawks 4, Steelers 3, Falcons 2, and the Minnesota Vikings in at 1 for Justin Fields. Carlos, where do you think is the most likely landing spot for Justin Fields, assuming that the Bears operate this the way that I think they're going to? which is going to be draft Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields. What's it's, your number one? It's hard for me to imagine that they're going to do a trade in division, so I'll say Atlanta. You know what? It's a, it's a good point in division, NFC North. Now, it could happen, right? 
We saw know, the, they'll we, just have to pay that NFC North tax. Yeah, we saw we saw the uh, who it was the Eagles right at the end of McNabb's career go in division and uh, trade him to uh, the Redskins, uh, the now Commanders. But you you are right with the Vikings. You have to pay a little extra, maybe be some conditions on a three or conditions on a two. And that could, well, for Ryan Poles, you know, it's probably a make or break year anyway. You get Caleb Williams, you shouldn't be afraid. But that would be a fun storyline if you get to see then Fields go up against uh, um, Williams for the next two years inside that NFC North. So you're saying, who's the team that you said? I, I have Atlanta. Oh, you have Atlanta. Stu? Most likely destination for Justin Fields. What are you uh, rocking and rolling with? I think Steelers. There we go. That song's stuck in my head. It's going to be stuck in my head all offseason. All right, that's the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Big thanks to Bart Winkler for stopping by, Chad Brown as well. And I'd also like to thank my guy, uh, David Shepard, for joining us for 10 minutes on the show. It was uh, really fun to have uh, the basketball wizard of uh, David Shepard join us. Maybe we'll do some postseason picks with Shep this year. Big thanks to Carlos Ortiz, Stewart, each and every one of you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Max Crosby, Matt Max going to join us tomorrow. Maybe he'll say hello to Stu as well. We'll talk to you at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, manana. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 